Good morning, folks. Hope everyone's doing well today. Welcome to the Tiny Gospel Radio Hour. We're brought here live by Poolsville Presbyterian Church. We're in the Montgomery County, Maryland Agricultural Reserve, and I'm the Reverend Dr. David Williams, hosting and pastoring y'all for the next little while. We are, as we do every week, going to offer up prayers, center ourselves down in the grace of the gospel, and a little, listen to a little bit of good Jesus music as we move our way through our worship today. Um, I'd remind folks, if you're not getting our announcements, if you're not getting the materials that let you work your way through the life of this church on Sundays, um, you can contact us and we'll get an email on out to you. Uh, just so you can track along with what we're doing here as we do worship remotely together. Um, we are doing a summer adult Bible class, um, which is, of course, via Zoom for now. Um, so anyone who's interested in engaging in a study of wisdom, study of the book of James, um, we're working our way through a chapter a week, and I think uh, the class seems to be finding that more manageable than trying to read Tolstoy. So we are... Uh, we are enjoying that, um, and again, anyone who wants to participate in that study is welcome to join with and engage with us. So what we're going to do now is listen to a little bit more music. The music we had just heard to bring us into worship was a piece by Edward Elgar uh, called Lux Eterna, which means eternal light. Um, and the folks who were singing it for us were uh, Voces 8, which is a British nonprofit musical education group. Um, that's V-O-C-E-S 8. And look them up on YouTube, give them a listen, see if you can't uh, maybe connect with them, because uh, some of the stuff they do is just absolutely lovely. So give them a listen. Uh, but for now, we're going to bring it a little closer to home uh, from across the pond in England, listening to Edward Elgler. We're going to come back and listen to the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir sing for us, If I Can Help Somebody. So let's listen to our own PPC Choir singing, If I Can Help Somebody. Oh uh-huh. 
the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir singing for us, If I Can Help Somebody. And we are thankful for their help in lifting us up in the spirit today. So now let's, as we gather in this worship, let's come together in a moment of prayer. Let's, let's go to God in prayer. Gracious God, you shaped this world and declared it good. But in the middle of that goodness, we choose to instead focus on what is broken, setting ourselves against both neighbor and creation. We grasp, we self-seek, we view others and the goodness of our world as adversaries to be overcome. We seek the strength of our own selves and work from pride and bitterness. When we do that, when we live in that bright but loveless place, we contribute to the brokenness of your creation. We forget to seek harmony. We forget to seek ways that we can raise our voices together 
instead of shouting each other down in a cacophony of hate. Help us, Lord, to find that gracious song. In Christ's name we ask this. Amen. And as we set our flaws and our sins before our Maker, we hear the assurance of Christ's pardon. And we know when we ask ourselves who is in a position to condemn. And we can answer only Christ, who lived for us, died for us, and reigns in power for us. And we can know in our hearts that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation altogether, and that the past is finished and gone, and that everything is fresh and new. And that the good news of the gospel is that in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. This country's been going through a lot of challenge lately, and I think it makes it appropriate for us to listen to songs of change and transformation. And one that uh, has been brought before us today that's worth giving a listen to is this song called Brethren Rise. Uh, it's a song being sung for us by the Fisk University Jubilee Singers. Um, and Fisk University was a university founded um, after the Civil War with the purpose of educating emancipated slaves. And the recording we're about to hear of, of uh, voices raised in song, voices raised in praise is over 100 years old. This is from somewhere between 1915 and 1920 as we listen to the Fisk Jubilee singers from 100 years ago singing the song Brethren, rise. Let's, let's open our hearts to hear it. Oh, brethren, rise. Give God the glory, glory, rise. Give God the glory, glory, rise. Give God the glory for the Soldier, 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 soldier
but to the cross. Thank you, God, the glory, glory. Thank you, God, the glory, glory. Thank you, God, the glory for the love to And that was the Fisk Jubilee Singers uh, singing for us, Brethren Rise. And that's a recording that is well over 100 years old. Um, the year Jubilee, of course, in Scripture is that year when everything is set right, when all things that have fallen out of balance and all peoples who are burdened are set free of their burdens and everything is brought right again. So it's a good thing for us to be listening to these many, many years later. Let's now turn ourselves to the hearing of Scripture. Um, and today we're going to do our Scripture readings a little bit differently. Um, normally we start with a psalm, and then we go into another passage, um, and then we go into yet another one. But uh, this last week, as I was reflecting on Scripture, the uh, I realized that the one I wanted to preach on was the psalm. So we're going to reverse the order now. Uh, so I'm going to read what was supposed to be our third scripture reading first, and then we're going to listen a little later um, to the passages I'm actually going to preach out of. So um, let's open our hearts now for our first scripture reading, um, which will be Genesis chapter 18. I'll be reading from Genesis 18, 1 through 15, and then skipping on ahead to Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. So this is Genesis 18, verses 1 through 15, and then 21, 1 through 7. Let's listen now for God's holy word. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor from you, don't pass by your servant. Let, let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let, let me bring a little bread so that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on since you've come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour needed and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd, took a calf, tender and good, gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I've grown old, 
and my husband is old? Shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. And the Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now, Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. We're not going to go into what we've uh, called our worship buddy time. And we have a mix of different little stuffed animal, little friends that kids can hang out with, um, bring with them into worship to make sure they've got a little bit of company, uh, folks to hang out and um, walk with them in worship because it's always good to have a friend with you in worship. And today um, we got two different worship buddies who are just part of the mix of what our kids have had on offer. Um, and they're already sitting out there out in our liturgical diorama, which we thank Worship Elder Jane for this week. It's very hopeful, very blue. Um, and our two worship buddies for this week are actually drawn from American history, some great heroes of American history. Um, we have sitting there watching us as we go into worship. We've got Harriet Tubman. Um, that's a little Harriet Tubman finger puppet. Um, she's got a little magnet on the back so you can sticker onto the railings if you happen to be up in the balcony, which is where kids love to be. Um, so Harriet Tubman, a great hero of American liberation and emancipation, and sitting right next to her is her friend George Washington Carver, a great American scientist and inventor. So that's Harriet and George sitting with us today in worship and keeping us company, and we are glad to have them with us. Um, it's also been our pattern the last couple of weeks to uh, actually since we've started doing this thing almost uh, to try to have versions of Jesus loves me every week we've been listening to Jesus love me in different versions and a couple weeks back uh, we had uh, what one might call uh, familiar technical difficulties as I tried to share with you a version of Jesus loves me on the vibraphone um, we got to hear it, um, because I fumbled around last minute to make sure y'all got audio, but my hope had been that you would get to see the vibraphone because there's something about seeing that played that's a little bit different. That's just, uh, that's, it's, it's amazing that someone can do that with, with a couple of sticks and, uh, and those things set out in front. It's just sort of more magical that way. So this is a, an arrangement of Jesus Loves Me, arranged by Chad and played by Chad Floyd, who is a Christian musician. 
Um, and I'm going to switch us over to, hopefully this week, give a listen to it um, and give a watch to it. Because, you know, you there are second chances in life, or so we hope. And this is going to be our second swing at you watching the magic of Jesus Loves Me being played really rather well on the vibraphone. Let's, let's give it a listen and a watch.
And that was Chad Floyd, a Christian musician and percussionist, playing for us Jesus Loves Me on the Vibraphone, which we can actually watch now. And it's just a marvel to see how just those four sticks moving, held with such precision and such grace, can produce just that kind of sound. It's uh, just the most wonderful little bit of of sweet mellowness. So now, as we continue on in our worship, we will move from Jesus Loves Me into our next two scripture readings from today. for today. And for that, I will virtually invite forward Elder Ken Kozer to do our reading. So, Ken, bring us our next two scriptures. Our first reading is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Our second reading is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's now go to God again in prayer. Gracious God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here in this virtual space, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight. O our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I can remember as a kid, as a small one, really loving to sing. And that's a love that goes way back as I think back in life to when singing began. The first moments I can remember lifting my voice in song, lifting my tiny little soprano boy voice in song. And those memories go back to, well, way back way back to traveling times as I was a little boy sitting in the back of my parents used white Volkswagen Beetle as we would rattle along on a family trip. The time I could remember as I cast my soul back to recollect was one time when we were chugging along a hard packed dirt road in Kenya that little white beetle kicking up a rooster tail of dust behind us as we made our way to our destination. My brother and I were in the back, noodling around as kids did back then. Though we were tiny, there were not car seats that I can remember. 
we'd color in coloring books and I don't remember the radio being on because one, I don't remember if that little beetle even had a radio and even if it had the entertainment options in the middle of the Kenyan countryside were a little limited in the early 1970s. This wasn't a serious XM kind of time. So you had to do something else. There were no screens, there were no game systems, there was nothing to do but be together, and so to pass the time, we would play games together. I spy kind of games. But we'd do other stuff too. We would sing traveling songs. Now, something people used to do back in the day when you found yourself on a journey, there were songs made for spending time together. For time together in an evening to sing, or for time when you were traveling. Because when you're on the road and you're traveling, you want that time to pass, and there's no better way to pass time together than singing songs. So we would be in the car and we would sing frogs about, we'd sing songs about frogs on bumps on logs or at holes at the bottom of the sea. We would sing about bottles of beer on the wall that happened to fall. And there's one song I remember. We would sing a song called We're Off to See the Wild West Show. Go, we're off to see the Wild West show, the elephants and the kangaroos, never mind the weather, so long as we're together, we're off to see the Wild West show. And that was evidently a song that my father learned while traveling with Australians. And it was a song filled with jokes. You'd sing the song, and then you would tell a joke. And then you would sing that refrain again, and you'd be off to see the Wild West show, and... Um, I love that song because it had singing and it had jokes and it passed the time. We'd sing the lyric and my dad would tell a joke and we'd sing the lyric and my mom would tell a joke and we'd sing the lyric and my brother would tell a joke and then I would tell a joke and making up jokes, of course, in the way that five-year-olds do, so they're funny to you and no one else quite knows what you're talking about, but they're still funny to you. Um, and it's an interesting song, actually. At the age of five, I wasn't quite aware of what the traveling Australian was like, but having looked up the lyrics to We're Off to See the Wild West show later when I was older, I realized a couple things that, um, one, I hadn't really even understood the heavily edited jokes that my parents would tell, um, and two, that traveling Australians singing tavern songs to pass the time have what might be described as non-sanctuary appropriate vocabularies. Definitely a much more entertaining song than I thought it was when I was five. Um, back there in the back of the car, I would sing my own songs, too. The three of them that I knew, um, because I had discovered at that age what jukeboxes were. And at some point, I decided that one of our traveling games was I was going to be a jukebox. Press a button for a song, I would say, and then I would sing what I remembered of it. Press another button, I'd say, and I would sing another. And I'm sure that was cute for about the first 15 minutes and would go on until my parents would find a way to get me to do something that didn't involve singing the one snippet from Jesus Christ Superstar that I could remember over and over and over again. Hey, let's do the We're Off to See the Wild West Show song. Um, it was good to sing. It was good to be together and to sing, because there's much to be said for raising voices together, 
something that goes down deep into the way we human beings are made. Science shows that singing in a group centers us, both making us less anxious and at the same time being a source of energy. A study by the University of Frankfurt showed that if we sing together for an hour, just an hour of being together, raising voices, human beings tested beforehand and then after show that they suddenly have considerably lower levels of stress hormones and higher levels of those chemicals that are part of us that improve both mood and brain function. Singing seems to improve our capacity to remember. And not just because once you put something to a tune, you hold on to it for years. Like, it's amazing how much music helps you remember. The only reason I know by heart the preamble of the Constitution of the United States of America is because of Schoolhouse Rock, for which I am eternally grateful to Schoolhouse Rock. It's good to have that bit of information in your back pocket. But it goes beyond that. Sharing song together gives us a sense of connection to each other in a way that sitting back and listening for all of the joys of listening to music, it's, it's just not quite the same. There's something about the way we're made that calls us to sing. And from the scriptures today, we hear a song about the joys of song. And normally we'd read that first reading, the one we brought in, you know, sort of, as our middle reading, we'd read that responsively, that psalm, verse by verse. Um, and there's a reason we do those things together. There's a reason the psalms are something we sing together, because the Psalter, that great collection of Hebrew poetry and music that sits near the heart of Scripture, is a fascinating book, because it's not a book like many of the other books of the Bible. It isn't a story with chapters. It isn't a story that develops. It doesn't give narrative progression. It's not a work of theological nonfiction because it doesn't present an argument or try to develop a particular progression. Today's reading was not the 100th chapter of the book of Psalms any more than hymn number 100 in the Presbyterian hymnal is the 100th chapter in the epic saga of the Presbyterian church. The book of Psalms is what happens when ancient Hebrew culture looks down at its music player and just hits play all. It's all of their music, all that they chose to remember and save. And part of the reason it's so fascinating is that it's everything. Have you ever randomly selected play all on whatever it is you listen to music on? you get a pretty weird mix. You get all stuff that's all over the place. And that's one of the reasons this book is so fascinating. It comes from so many different contexts and so many different places. You've got songs of personal anguish. You've got songs where King David is complaining. You've got pride in the power of the monarch and the power of Israel. And then you've got more King David complaining. You've got pride in the blessedness of a nation. You've got words of wisdom. You've got words of woe. You've got celebrations of creation. You've got wedding marches. 
You've got the music that fills all of human life. All of human life. And that's because this book rises from that radically human place of music. It speaks to the richness of life with every last moment of all of those songs standing in the sacred context of our relationship with God. And this 100th psalm begins its short song as a song to singing itself, to the place and the purpose of raised voices together in worship of the vital place of the word lifted up in harmony and in praise. It declares that the appropriate way to encounter God is many ways, but especially through and in music, saying that the raising up of voices in harmony, joy, and thanksgiving is part of how we should walk into God's presence. And that, I think, is one of the hardest things for me in the challenge of this time we're going through. We are pressing on towards the light at the end of this COVID tunnel. And I think as we get there, one of the things I'll be most eager to be done with is the not singing together thing. Because perhaps the most pernicious thing about this disease is that the nasty little bugger rides on our song. We raise our voices, we try to be joyful together, and it carries out among us. It is a pestilent little critter, and I'll be glad when we're rid of it. And it's meant we've had to do things differently. Now, I've liked that difference. It's not to say I haven't delighted in seeing what music can happen now. Haven't delighted in going out and exploring and finding new music to share seeing the music our intrepid music director Monica has for us in any given week, like the wonderful music from the Fisk Jubilee Singers, a part of a possible exploration we might be doing into spirituals in the Christian life and in faith. Um, keep an eye out for that. We may be doing that. It's been cool hearing the music we've been making while we've been apart. It's been Knitting music together, even though we are separate, has been wonderful. That, uh, and watching that combined singing of and drumming of Siahamba last week was a balm to the soul. I like all of that. That's all a particular blessing for this particular time, but I cannot help but say that I miss hearing our voices, all of us, singing all together. And as churches have thought about how we will gather again, there were some recommendations early on that said, well, what we should really do is we're going to need to regather in silence. We're going to need to go into sanctuaries and not only not hug and laugh or sit near to one another, but also not sing. Just sit there, watch the screen, and listen to music. And whenever I've heard that, I understand the heart of it. We're trying to keep each other well. We're trying to keep each other safe. But I think, you know, shoot, why bother? We are already doing that. We're already getting to listen to music and get a sense of being with one another 
in different places. And, uh, and honestly, I'm sure y'all's sofa are way more comfortable than this pew I'm sitting on. We have already this sense of presence right here and now in a virtual space. So when we do gather again, as we are now hoping to start doing in July, it's going to be a way, and in a way, that we can raise our voices and hear one another. And sure, we may be outside at first, resting under the shade and shelter of our great gracious elm, in places where air and sun and the space of God's creation are our friends and allies against this pestilent critter that has bothered us these last few months. And it will be good when that day comes. That will be a happy day because it will allow us to finally again share voices with one another, to hear our voice humming in the air with the voices of others and to step into God's presence as we rise up together singing. That's something that stands in our hope. That is something that stands as a a hope and a promise before us. So let's take these few weeks now and enjoy them as we can, but set ourselves in hope towards that day when we can sing together. Let that hope be yours and mine. Amen. We're now going to go a little deeper into prayer as we reflect on prayers that affect our community and the the prayers of our nation and the prayers amongst those who truly and genuinely need our strength and support. Let's hear the prayers now of the people. I will virtually invite forward Elder Alicia Thomas to give us our prayers of the people for today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, that you have given us an enduring hope, one which cannot disappoint us or mislead us. We thank you that through our faith in you and in your Son, Jesus Christ, you enter into every believing heart and make new lives that have been torn asunder by the darkness of this world. We pray today, O God, that those believers who are asleep may awake and know that salvation is nearer now than when they first believed. Help them and us to lay aside the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light that you bestow upon those who actively seek you day by day. Grant that their faith and ours may be fully alive. We ask today, O God, for those who have lost hope, and for those who have never had it. Grant to us and to those we lift before you in our hearts a new and abiding vision of what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do to save and redeem your people, and indeed the creation itself. Grant, O God, that all might see and believe and discover their purpose and the purpose of all that is and that all that is yet to be. Today we pray especially for our friends and our family who are experiencing illness, 
for pain, heartache, suffering, or loss. We pray for all those sick and depressed or suffering from anxiety, all those dealing with chronic health issues and those struggling with addictions. We pray for all those going through a difficult time. We especially pray for Bill and Jackie, for Ms. Edwards, for Kim, Elise, for Sal and Susan, for Gary, Jan, for Roy, Annie, for Walt, for Noland, for Wendy, for Wid and Pat, for Lynn, Priscilla, and we pray for Anya. We pray for Michelle Gillette's mom, Doreen, and all those who are in nursing homes missing their families. We pray for our world during the COVID-19 pandemic. May our leaders make wise decisions and a vaccine be developed quickly and we heed advice from experts. We pray for our country. May we strive to live peacefully, respecting all our brothers and sisters, regardless of ethnicity, social class, or orientation, and speak out against hatred, violence, and disrespect. We pray for comfort and peace for those grieving the loss of a loved one, especially the family and friends of Bud Wolin and all those who have died from the COVID-19. We give you thanks in the joy that Bill's sister Jerry is in remission. We come to you with all these prayers in the grace of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us when praying to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Thank you, Alicia. It's that point in our service where I remind folks that this ministry is sustained and continues as a, as a mission in our community uh, through your support. And in order to sustain it, um, we need your giving. To have that happen, well, the best way to do it, there are a couple different ways we have set up now. You can go uh, to www.poolprez.com. That is right there directly above my head, website address. Uh, and there's a way you can fill out a form to make a regular donation. You can also mail your check. We still do it that classic old way to Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68. That's Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. Poolsville Presbyterian Church, P.O. Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. And again, you can find that at our website at www.poolpres.com. As we continue to reflect on the, the place of music and singing in our faith, um, we're now going to listen to uh, the uh, choir and the gathered folks um, at... St. Andrew's Cathedral in Belfast, Ireland, singing for us a song called Sing of the Lord's Goodness. Um, we're going to give that a listen and a watch because it's, it's fun seeing a bunch of people in a space 
worshiping and singing together. So uh, I'm going to transition us over to that and let's listen to Sing of the Lord's Goodness from St. Anne's Cathedral in Belfast, Ireland. So now we're wrapping up again another little tiny gospel radio hour of music and singing and listening. Um, and you're welcome to come back again on Facebook this time next week. Um, you can also stream that podcast at uh, poolprez.com. All of that will be recorded, so um, you can listen to it later if you want or watch it again here on Facebook if you wish. Singing is a vital part of who we are, and being together is just an essential part of our lives. And as joyous um, as it is to be able to welcome new folks in, and we are truly grateful for those who are able to join us, it's a joy to be in other people's presence too. And our hope as we move forward is that we'll be able to raise our voices together once again um, to sing of the Lord's goodness as we just watched a, 
as tightly pressed as those folks seemed. It was a little unsettling, but you know, honestly, our our worship together will come back. But as it comes back, we will both sing together and welcome in those who are joining us from afar. We're not going to stop doing this streaming. That's going to be part of what we continue. But remembering how important presence is, how important raising voices in joy and harmony is, is something we can carry with us in our lives. It's something we learn here as we're together in church with one another. But that idea of finding harmonies with others, letting our voice not be the voice that shouts down, but that joins with, is a vital part of the Christian journey. Our task is to bring that great song of the gospel to the world so that people might share together the harmony of our faith. That's our calling, to raise voices in joy so that the whole world might be a song. Let that be our calling this week as we step out into stressful lives and an uncertain world. Let your voice be the one that supports, that sustains, that sings out grace to a world that calls for it. And so now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of us now and for our whole lives long. Amen. To take us out of worship today, we've been listening to music from all around the world. Our postlude for today's service comes to us from the First Baptist Church of Glenarden. We'll be listening to Anthony Brown singing with the combined choir of the First Baptist Church of Glenarden, and they're going to be bringing for us the song, Oh Happy Day. So let's let them sing as we journey out into the joy of our day.
Blessed week.